When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to Sky Sports Fantasy Football Game Week 22 preview courtesy of Fantasy Football Scout. I am Luke and joined as ever by Niall. How's it going mate? Yeah, not too bad Luke. Um, doing okay, had a nice new year as I hope you and everyone who's watching and listening listening did. Ready to attack the, the fixtures which we now have, which is mm-hmm. positive in the sky. Um, but yeah, alright, I think obviously a little bit deflated by the you know the Christmas fixtures which is always a exciting part of the year kind of being dominated by covid um affecting you know just in the general enjoyability of the game mm. um less transfers being used you know more sweating over lineups and you know teams fielded uh, massive understrength sides um and just you know just a lot of chaos in general so hopefully uh as we advance through the next few weeks towards the overhaul where you know we've got a little bit more certainty now the fixtures are out but um yeah certainly a decent amount to talk about today um and yeah looking forward to it so how are you getting on yeah yeah not not so bad I, I suppose i don't mean to be depressing on this pod it does feel like we are quite a lot but it's just because i think as sky veterans we played it for a very very long time and we really love the game and the big appeal of this game is it does reward players in general that have planned quite far in advance you know they've used fixture days to their benefit they've um planned on specific players as captains for specific days and it just feels all out the window at the moment really doesn't it that sort of edge has kind of gone because we're thrown to the lions every week with it might not just be that your player doesn't play because he's got covid or whatever it could be that the whole game's called off it could be the the fixtures um aren't dropping until you know almost within a week or two weeks before they're due to be played so you know how can you kind of structurally plan you're almost aware that they might happen but you don't know when they'll pop in necessarily i don't know there's some very good people out there who are good at predicting these sort of things but i think even this week the fixtures that drops i think it was actually expected there'd probably be more fixtures slipped into this um this week and it's turned out to be quite you know the games aren't the greatest of games that they've put in in terms of the the quality up the up the leaderboard so yeah we we roll on we keep going and we hope that eventually um it will begin to sort itself out but yeah, in terms of points-wise for my team, to be honest, um, it's not been going particularly great. I'm still around where I've where I've been for most of the season, actually, apart from the very few first few weeks. So you can see my rank on the screen there, so sort of one and a half k. Um, I have actually have my other backup team up on my screen, so let me bring my other one up. I bought Thiago into my backup team, so that's gone well because apparently there's rumours he's out for the whole season, so that's another <laughs> masterstroke. But that's another team I'm not using at the moment. Oh. Um, yeah, the rest of my team's okay. I mean, I've got Bowen and I've got Antonio, so that's worked out pretty well. They've been doing okay for me. I have had Ronaldo in my team, who's been very up and down, um, but I felt like he's kind of necessary to cover it. My back line is still Rudiger, Cancelo, Trent, Alexander-Arnold. I think those three are still... Right now, it kind of feels like the back three, for me at least, is, is the way to go, because none of these other teams are particularly reliable and they've lost lost a lot of their players. I think you could argue you could stick another Man City in there, but Rudiger, Cancelo, Trent feels like the best three you could probably have at the back. Um, personally anyway um, I went for Martinez a few weeks ago in goal which has just been chaos because Villa's games just keep getting taken away and even if they do play he's been getting negative points so funnily enough I should have just kept with the Chelsea goalkeeper <laughs> and it would have actually got me more points ridiculously um, so yeah, tad unlucky there but 
I think the best player in my team of late has actually been Norgard, who's just been a godsend. Like, literally every game he plays, he turns up and he gets some sort of bonus points, the cheap enabler. Um, and he's actually of quite use coming forward. If you don't want to make transfers, you can actually use him on a specific day we're going to talk about. So, Norgard, pretty good. I'm still sat with Salah in my team, so ideally I need to move him on. And there's a couple of options I think we're going to talk about there. But apart from that, my team, I'm really happy with it um, in terms of the personnel I've got at least. So it's really just who I'm going to move Salah on to um, is my main dilemma. Have you got any sort of dilemmas coming up? Yeah, a fair few. And I think you'd be hard pushed at the moment to find someone in this game who's absolutely delighted with their team. Because I don't think there's been many players that have been scoring consistently anyway. I mean, the clean sheets seem to have dried up. Uh, amongst the big teams, amongst every team, really. So those that went big at the back haven't been rewarded. Um, you know, a lot of people went heavy on the attackers. Haven't really, there's not been a huge amount of goals scored by you know prominently owned players. So mm. that's been affected too. And even the high owned players like Gallagher has not really done a lot recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's been it's been pretty pretty poor really the last few weeks. So yeah. um, hopefully things look better. I mean, looking at my team as well. I mean, I had. Uh, I brought in De Gea in goal, no clean sheets from him. So I kind of expected at least one from him, but mm. haven't got anything. Um, you know, a couple of save bonuses, better than nothing, I guess. Um, still got a couple of Chelsea lads at the back, and I'm sitting with Reese James still in my team, who obviously got injured. I just couldn't for the life of me find a replacement that I wanted to go to, especially as we didn't get the fixtures until, you know, the end of the game week. Um, I was thinking about moving on to Calvert-Lewin, which <laughs> wouldn't have gone very well given that he missed the penalty. Yeah. Uh, we got, got, got negative points. And then they didn't get a rearranged game um, in the last week before the overhaul, when I think a lot of people were expecting they would do. So, mm-hmm. uh, And then you know, a, a lot of others who have stacked up on Liverpool and Arsenal players got shafted by the fact that Liverpool had the COVID outbreak, the EFL Cup semi-final game got got postponed and then you know they potentially lost out on an extra game before the overhaul as well at the end of the month so mm. I think there's a lot of people who'll be particularly uh, unhappy and, and not many who'll be pretty pleased look at the rest of my team um, yeah the Chelsea defenders have been pretty dire mm. um, Bernardo Silva has done not a lot really um, yeah, I, I took out Rafinha for Tielemans a couple of weeks ago thinking you know, good good chance to steal a march on the fixtures yeah he ended up getting his game against Norwich cancelled. And then hopefully it's going to work out though this week. They've got a game, um, a midweek game we can talk about in a bit. Yeah. I can cover. And then, yeah, the front three pretty poor, as you say, Ronaldo's been hit and miss. Um, and Salah needs to go. And Antonio, at least, in there as well to, to cover off the games coming up. So, yeah, I think definitely penciling in two transfers, James and Salah, out between now and the overhaul. Um, but it's not immediately obvious who you really want to bring in, given yeah. that. Only a couple of teams have got additional games and have already got cover from West Ham and Leicester. Yeah, indeed. And we can talk about that in a second. I mean, even to your point there, I think even Salah and Cancelo, who are the, you know, the clear two best picks in the game at the moment, they're the two highest scorers by quite a distance as well. I think when I was looking, those two are clear of everybody. I'm just going to try and bring it up again to remind myself. Yeah, Salah on 203, Cancelo on 175, and then you've got Diaz on 147. So as the third highest scorer in the game. Those two have been the standout captain picks virtually any game that you play. Um, and they've even slowed down in the last few weeks. You know, Cancelo's done okay, and Salah's done okay, don't get me wrong, but nothing like they were in the um, in the beginning stages where they were literally regularly returning sort of 15, 20-point hauls and stuff. Now it's in, it's gone the other way a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're still... 
we still got because uh, obviously Skyworks a bit different to a lot of fantasy games. A lot of people here will play those. This game week that we've got has actually only got a few fixtures. So I'm just going to bring it up on the screen here. We've got Southampton versus Brentford, Everton versus Leicester, and West Ham versus Norwich. Now, to my knowledge, um, and I think we were saying just before the chat, the overhaul will happen in three weeks' time. So it happens after the twenty. Uh, 3rd. 3rd of January, yeah. And there's no other fixtures, as far as we know, to be put in this period, is there, from now until the overhaul. So I think we've what we've got is actually, for once, what we can work with was just a little bit of a positive, and even the captain days and stuff. So it's it's kind of a return to the days of old, even if it is a very short window from here to the end. I am right in saying that, aren't I? Yeah, absolutely right. But uh, obviously, there is still the huge asterisk that games could get pulled of course, uh, at the yeah. drop of a hat. So that's going to be you know another factor that we've got to think about. Ultimately, there's not a lot you can do about that, though. You know, you've got the, the fixtures in front of you. Um, you've got individual captain days that you can plan for. But, you know, where possible, still holding off on the transfers until, you know, maybe the night of the game mm. might not be the worst thing. I've experienced that with Tielemans. I brought him in a few weeks ago. A um, couple of games, well, one game got postponed. Got a bit fortunate that he's got the double game week this week. Um, but, you know, it's obviously question marks over whether that game will go ahead now mm. uh, at the time of recording. Um, Brendan Rodgers after his after the cup game AFA cup game said that you know they're, they're thinking about putting a request into the Premier mm. League to win that game given they've only got eight fit outfield players at the moment so that might fall out um, but yeah you can just talk through the fixtures and we'll we'll, we'll kind of go through where we uh, where yeah. we're going ourselves yeah and I think we can point out a few moves even if it's not for our team that we've noticed anyway yeah. I think they'll be quite popular so uh, on the screen we've got Southampton versus Brentford, Everton versus Leicester, and West Ham versus Norwich on the Wednesday. So for the Tuesday, the 11th, um, I think that this probably serves as an entry point for a few people um, because Southampton, Brentford, Everton, and Leicester players are not highly owned, I would I would expect, um, amongst most casual players and players at the top. I think there's a good chance a few people have got either a, um, a grey in midfield for Everton. Maybe they bought Calvert-Lewitt in, Calvert-Lewitt in. Um, Southampton, you maybe could have well Ward Prowse. Perhaps you've got one of the Brentford defenders lurking around. And then with Leicester, I think they've got some decent options, but their midfielders have been so injured and in and out. You, you may have a Madison floating about. You may have a Tielemans that you've already got. But I don't think a lot of people have got them. So for me personally, um, I've got Norgard for Brentford. So I could just captain him. And I do actually feel like as he returns four or five points most weeks, it's probably quite a sensible pick. He'll probably just pick up tackle bonus versus Southampton. And I'd probably be quite happy with that. thing is, like, like I just mentioned, I've actually got Salah in my team. So for me, I'm just trying to work out who I want to remove Salah to. So Tielemans is an option for me, I think, for this game. I mean, it could be Madison, it could be Barnes. I don't think they've even got a striker at the moment. I think there's rumours that Dakar might be available for this game, assuming it goes ahead. Um, Nacho's obviously at the African Nations and Vardy's out injured. So if they, if Dakar's not available, I guess it's going to be Perez up top, which they played in the Cup, and by all accounts, I didn't watch it, but apparently it was anonymous, so that would yeah. worry me slightly. As ever, I'm always drawn to Barnes. Like I, I don't know why, but I just really like him. and he, he's, he's done really well for me in the past. He's also let me down a lot, usually because he gets injured, not just because he's been a poor pick. It's usually because he gets injured more than anything else. He does really appeal to me, especially if they haven't particularly got a striker, because I feel like the onus will be on him to be the driving force who has to, cu- has to actually make the goals happen. But Madison's in fantastic form. He's obviously got um, set pieces in his locker. And then with Tielemans, I think with the passes, tackles, and then the fact that he's 
quite likely to be on penalties. He has been in the past when Vardy's been out, and Nacho has has taken him before, but obviously he won't be there. So my only, the only person in my mind who I feel like could take him off him might be Daka, but I don't. That would just be based on the fact that he's a striker. So I feel like Tielemans is also probably the best option all round because he's just that kind of sky player. Do you agree with that? And I, I think I might do Salah to Tielemans on on that Tuesday. Yeah, I, I don't think you could have hand-selected a better opponent for Tielemans than ever, just because they, they hate the ball. Mm. Um, they give away a lot of possession, and if Tielemans is playing in the, you know a deeper role, say, than Madison, hopefully knocks the ball around and mm. picks up a passing bonus at the very least. And if you've got the armband on him, you know, that's four or five points doubled to eight or ten right off the bat. Yeah. So And the fact that Vardy's out, he's got penalties, he took the penalty in the cup game against Watford. Uh, I think that was the first goal he scored against Watford uh, over the weekend. So, yeah, I think he's he's probably the standout option for me. Um, I've always, as I say, I've already got Tielemans, uh, but given I've got James and Salah to take out, mm. you know, I'm looking at the teams that have got the most games between now and the overhaul, and Leicester and Brentford are the two teams that have got the most, so they've got four games. Others have three, and the majority um, have two. Right. So, I think... Just to maximise the gains, I think I'd probably maybe even think about getting a second Leicester player in, maybe a Madison, you know, Barnes might be a roll of the dice. But I think in this particular game, Tielemans strikes me as the best captain just because of that potential for passing bonus. Yeah, I like um, that. I like that. Yeah. I think also other players from Leicester to look at, maybe um, Adamola Lukman, who, given they've got so many players out, will probably play. And I think if, you know, Daka... I'm sure we'll come back in at some point over the next week or two. But mm. if he misses out on Tuesday, he may play up front as, instead of Perez. Or I really know, like Lookman when he when he's on the pitch. He always looks really, really lively, doesn't he? He's one of those. He's never really got the returns he deserves, but he always looks like a very good direct footballer. And I always, I always think when he gets on the ball, he's going to make something happen. So I do quite like that, and he's quite cheap as well. So I think he's another option. I suppose that. The thing that puts me off a little bit with this sort of thing is like we've just listed there that there's maybe four or five options in the Leicester attack that could do well, which probably yeah. means that quite a few of them won't do well because someone will end up hogging the points. And I hate that when there's not a standout, you know, like Eurofenia in the team. And it's like you could just lose the lottery there. But like you say, if they've got four games left and you're covering two of them, you're giving yourself a really good chance, I think, of, of picking up some points in these games because they have got really good games. And I know they're decimated by injuries at the back and stuff, but their attack in general still looks pretty good. I think you could argue that Daka is actually a, you know, potentially a better striker than Vardy or Iñacho anyway in the future. He might not be quite there yet, but um, it'll be interesting to see how they set up. I mean, if they've got a team with Lutman on the right, Barnes on the left... They've got Dakar up top, Madison in behind, and then you've got Tielemans and Indeedy or whoever it is who's fit in centre midfield. I think that's a pretty good team on paper, at least defensively. So yeah, yeah, and, and Everton uh, are dire, right? Everton are absolutely dire just now. We've seen that. I mean, how, how poor they've been in recent weeks. Um, they so I mean with Leicester, the one thing I would say is that at the back they look completely decimated mm. by COVID and injuries. I'm pretty sure. Chowdhury played at centre-back yesterday. He did, yeah. And uh, it does have a big effect, doesn't it, at the end of the day? If the team yeah. can't settle at the back and they can't pass the ball out to the midfielders and there's a bit of panic, it's, there's no doubt that it does have an effect, even even for the attack, yeah. Well, that might, that might impact the passes if they've got, you know, a makeshift centre-back in there. I think Marco Brighton was playing right-back and a young lad was playing left-back. Mm. So, yeah, it, it might mean that they have less of the ball or, you know, less in control of the game. But as you say, their attacking lineup, even despite the injuries they've got, is pretty formidable. So, yeah, there's there's a multitude of options there. I think looking at the other games, so let's say, you know, Rogers' request does go into the Premier League and the game does get 
does get canned, which is you know a possibility. We've seen that happen mm. quite frequently recently, uh, with with you know not a great deal of notice as well ahead of ahead of it. So if it is just Southampton versus Brentford, you've said yourself you've got Norgard in there who yeah, I just leave it at that point. Mm. I wouldn't do anything if I were you. I'd just keep him. Mm. Uh, anyone else who's sitting with Norgard, quite content captain him. You know he's been picking up tackles in pretty much every game. He's he's a consistent solid player. Um, but if you've not got anyone. Again, Brentford, like Leicester, are the only team that have got four games between now and the overhaul. Right. Now, the problem that you, you and, and so if you've got, you know, if you've not got a captain that day, it's a chance to double up on it. So effectively, it's an effective five games between now and the overhaul, which is which is quite a lot. Although the other games they do have Liverpool, Man United back to back. Man United aren't in any great shape just now, so that might not be a bad game. But then they've got uh, Wolves as well. Yeah, and they so, are good. Pretty pretty tough fixtures. You know, attacking wise, Wolves are solid at the back. Liverpool, obviously, pretty solid at the back. Man United, you know, they're not dreadful at the back. Um, uh, <laughs> are you sure? You know, okay. Well, <laughs> relative to the rest of the league, I mean, compared to the top well, teams, yeah. Relative to Brentford's attack as well, you have to bear yes, in mind, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so Norgard might even be the best option if you, you know, over the course of those games, tricky games, you know, a midfielder that that picks up tackles. You know, if he gets five points every game between now and then. Yeah, uh, including a, a captaincy. That's that, you know, that's that's a good number of that's a good number of points. So yeah, I think he he's worth looking at. I think if you do want to roll the dice a little bit on Brentford, Tony could could be a good option. Um, he's been scoring terribly recently, but he is on penalties, and you know, could... yeah, it would just be a sheer volume talisman of the team on penalties pick, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be based on fixtures or form or anything like that, but it wouldn't surprise us if he. You know, picks up two penalties across the four games and ends up being a decent option at his price. I think the the problem we're having here is a lot of the players that we're listing, like for example, um, Norgard and Tony, that are cheap and are really good picks. I think a lot of people have got a lot of money floating around in their team at the moment, so there's almost that desire to spend a lot of money on someone, um, and you kind of want a player that you think is definitely going to, you know, do the business for you because because we're taking Salah out of our teams and stuff like that. And then obviously when you're going right down to these guys, it could work out for individuals on their team depending on how they want to set up, maybe enable something else. But I suppose in Sky, and I don't know how you feel about this now, but I don't really care if I've got money on the bench as long as they're the best pick in the as long as I think they're the better pick. It doesn't matter to me that I've got four million sat on the bench or whatever. We've got the overall coming up in three weeks, so it almost doesn't matter. If you sat there with four or five million on your bench and you think you're picking Norgar because he's going to score more points than Tony from now to the end of the season, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's fine. Not do I. And as you say, the overhaul's coming up in a few weeks' time. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter at all. I think possibly once, you know, Maybe after the overhaul, if you're sitting with seven or eight million in, in the bank, it does feel a little bit awkward. Mm. Um, but it, it's not going to bother me. And, it, and it's purely a fixtures play because they've got extra games, you know, over some of the other teams. Um, so yeah, that, that's the way I'd look at it. I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider any Southampton players. I think if you've got a Southampton player, you know, if you've got Ward Prowse, he's been playing really well. You captain him. Yeah. But they've only got two games after this one, and I think it's uh, Man City they've got and Wolves away. It's, so it's Wolves away, and then it's home to Man City, which yeah, you wouldn't expect anything from, would you? So, yeah, wouldn't be tempted there personally. So yeah, I think I think that's probably Tuesday covered off. What, are, you, are you thinking about going to Telemans yourself then? I might do because, like I say, I could just do Norgard. The problem is, and we're going to talk about it in a minute, I guess, is I don't have any Watford, and they look quite appealing as well. Um, so I could, for for example, just do Salah to, to uh, Dennis or King, which would also give me extra games and captains. 
Um, but we'll talk about when we get to because there's the Friday game with Gallagher involved as well, which is part of a chain. So for Wednesday, yeah. for now, West Ham versus Norwich, I think it's very simple, isn't it? There's obviously only one game on. You're not going to have any Norwich players in your team, I wouldn't have thought. You're not going to be captain them if you do. You probably want a West Ham player, assuming you know everyone's fit and viable. I mean, I'm sat with Antonio and Bowen in my team. Um, I think that's great because I've got probably in my mind the two best options. Unfortunately, that also gives you the option to captain the wrong one and get it get it wrong. Um, so you're almost it's almost okay, I think, if you've got one and it forces your mind into one. Um, you know, but I think for me on that day it will probably be Antonio. I just think he's probably the better option um, because Norwich seem to give up chances to their strikers a lot. I think it's the kind of game that Antonio could thrive in. You know, he does he doesn't have to be used so much as a decoy and running off to the left and and all the other bits that he may have to do in other games. Um, you know, the hope is that Norwich are thrown in the towel and Antonio will really fancy it. He's looked a lot fitter of late as well. Um and, you know, he did score four against them, not that it should matter. I think was it last season or the season before. So he's he's got previous and Although Bowen, I think, is an absolutely fine pick person. He's obviously on set piece. He's obviously very offensive. If anything, he's you know he's full of energy. He's all over. It wouldn't surprise me if he outscored Antonio. But I, I think personally, I'm probably just going to go for Antonio and just hope that it's one of these games that he, he bullies the opposition, which he can do at any point. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I've had Antonio for a little while now, and I think um, I brought him in on that weekend. People were debating getting Bowen or Antonio. I went for Antonio just because I think his ceiling potentially is higher. Um, and yeah, I think it's been quite equal. I don't, I think, you know, obviously Antonio scored more against Palace, Bowen scored more against Watford. And I think it's, mm. it's been fairly close. Antonio might have just outscored him, um, but it's been tight. But I think for this game, I'm pretty happy, confident captain Antonio was a differential captain at this stage of the season. Mm. I think Antonio's ownership was just checking there. 20%. Bowen's is over 50, so nearly 51%, oh, okay. which is really hard. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, even though you've got both, you're kind of going a little bit against the grain by Captain Antonio, because yeah. I think, you know, the ownership the ownership play would have been Bowen. Um, but, you know, both options are brilliant, and they've got some good games coming up, and, you know, we'll talk about this in a bit, but certainly you could look to captain them again at the weekend. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think if you've not got a West Ham asset, Antonio and Bowen are probably the, you know, the two standouts. They are. Maybe worth also considering Lanzini. Lanzini's been playing really well just now. Yeah. And Ben Rama's obviously away, so you know that that kind of frees up more, you know, a, more solidity of his place mm. um, in that in that front kind of three off the striker. And he's been he's been playing pretty well. Takes penalties as well. Set pieces is on everything. So he could be a good differential pick. Maybe if you're down kind of in the, you know, between five and ten thousand or something you fancy rolling the dice a bit doing something different yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't knock you off of bringing him in I think, um, he, I think he just scored as well in the FA Cup yeah he did so he's oh did he there you go so he's obviously he's a man in form um, and, and takes penalties too so I think he could be could be a good pick I but really beyond like that, that yeah, I don't think there's anyone else in that West Ham team that'd look. look no, too but I I do think it's a game where you probably do want some coverage. I think not only is is I mean the ownership shouldn't particularly be a factor, but it is a factor. They they are well owned. It's an obvious game in terms of at least on paper the result should very much be West Ham win it. Uh, they've got some great fantasy individual picks. You know, it all it all points to having someone, and then on top of that, it's not just for that individual game because I feel like, although the games aren't top tier, they were at home to Leeds after that, which could be another bloodbath potentially. We know how Leeds sometimes carry on, and then their final game, I believe, it's Man United, which you know, like we just said, Man United aren't in the best of form, and if anything, I'd say West Ham are probably a better team at the moment than Man United. I know they're away to Man United, but it wouldn't be a, a 
a surprise if that game was just 1-1 or 2-2 or something like that, right? Or West Ham even pulled out a result. So it's not just for the Norwich game. So if you're sat there with it, without anyone, which I don't think many will be, I think you get it done. And I do like Lanzini as that punt because if he is on penalties and he's obviously in form, I think it's, it's the differential factor as well I quite like there. And the fact that the problem with Lanzini is minutes aren't always assured, but with Ben Rahmer out, it, it's looking pretty good for him. Um, Great. The other thing that puts me to Antonio, just one other thing rather than um, Bowen, is just that Bowen doesn't really get bonus points. I know he got tackle points last game, but aside from that, I don't think he's got any bonus points in about the last sort of eight, nine weeks, which is quite surprising because he's very busy, takes a lot of shots, etc. But he hasn't even been getting the shots on target. So, yes, he's got the assist. It's really set pieces versus the chance that Antonio has shots on target. I can't see Antonio not getting shots on target in that game. Even if he doesn't score, I'd like to think he'd pick up that as a minimum. Um, so yeah, that's just another reason why I'd personally edge towards Antonio. Should we move on then? Friday the 14th of January, because uh, we may as well cover the next week as well, because this one is so is so small. Uh, Brighton Palace, I think a lot of us still have Gallagher in around in our team. It's been unfortunate that he's been out for COVID, but I didn't see any reason to move him because of this game. I didn't have any Brighton and I hope to be back. And also just because he's one of the best guy assets in the game. So he's still in my team. Some other people may have removed him. So what what are you doing on this week? You still got Gallagher because mine's just going to be Gallagher on that day. Yeah, same story here. I think he's still like nearly ninety percent owned Gallagher, so right. it's almost one of those games you throw the armband on him just by default. You know, it just the game takes place and you probably don't move regardless of whether he does well or badly. Yeah. Um, so I, and I think with Brighton and, and Palace, I don't think there's any reason to bring in their players. No, for this game. I mean, if you're sitting there without Gallagher, if you're sitting with no Brighton as well, no Palace, I'd probably just skip this one. Um, I think I just leave agreement. It. I think I think you could look at Trossard because I feel like he's been playing up front for a start. He might not play up front against Palace because they could use more pie, but against Chelsea on Tuesday, um, I'd be very surprised if it isn't Trossard up front in that game just for a little bit more control because that's what they've been doing. Um, so he could be a reasonable option on that day. The only other game on that day is Watford-Burnley. Now, let's say Dennis is injured or whatever because there's slight doubts around him. You may not want to have Josh King. Then maybe suddenly he's a backup option because also a lot of people might not have Chelsea anymore because James might have been the last one out. So potentially he's an option there. And then their other game is versus Leicester, who we've just said have got incredibly leaky at the back and the defence is all over the place. So I don't think Trossard is the worst buy um, if you've got no one. And it's like I say, it's a captain and two other games where I think he could do okay. But it is a bit out there. You know, it's one of those ones where probably if you've got quite a lot of transfers and you fancy a, you know, a bit of a roll of the dice, it's, it's no by no means a clear pick to me. Yeah, and I think that's that's probably the case for a lot of these games. If you're, you know, if you're sitting there with a player who's injured, you know, people obviously have got Son who's now out for the month. A lot sitting with Salah. Mm. People think still sitting with Reese James. There's a few players who are going to be injured um, until the overhaul. So I think if you're sat with a player like that and there's a captaincy game that you've not got coverage for, definitely worth thinking about and I think we'll move on to talking about the games on Saturday the 15th but I think we're going to talk about Watford yeah my my plan with Watford because obviously they've got that game the individual game day on the 21st the Friday night game against Norwich you know my initial plan was to skip that but now that there's an opening for me to make a transfer because I've still got you know Salah and James on my team Mm. I think I'm I think I'm actually going to cover it now um, just because it's an opportunity so yeah I think you know if you've got if you've got you know, areas of your team that you need to patch up and players that are going to be out, then you know bringing in a player who also covers off an individual captain day is probably probably the way to go. 
Yeah, agreed. And this is where, for me, as I've only got Salah that I'm particularly uh, have to sort in my team, it's whether I do Tielemans or whether I go Dennis. I think I still prefer Dennis to Josh King at the moment just because he's been playing more central. He's obviously been scoring the goals. At one stage, there was an argument to go King. He was the main man up front and he's on penalties. Uh, but it seems to have switched of late and King's been on the left wing and Dennis has been up top. And in that scenario, I prefer Dennis. There's a slight doubt around his injury. I think the manager said this week he's still not quite right. We obviously had this African Nations thing where we don't know, you know, is it an injury or is it something else there? They're potentially covering up a little bit there because it doesn't look like the camp's completely happy in all areas. I'm not sure. So there is there is an element of risk with Dennis, but I still feel like he's probably the stand-up pick. There's also the fact that he's so damn cheap in Sky as well. It You know, it might just be that... Um, you know, the way your team's set up, you can only get to him. Um, but yeah, I think one of Dennis or King for that game for me is also an option. So it might be for me that I remove someone else from my team and that person might have to be the Gallagher because we've just said if I've if I've captained him on Friday, the 14th of January, if you take Gallagher out and you can move to a striker, obviously you have to have your team set up in that way, then Watford are just the clear standouts, aren't they? Because they're playing on that Saturday away to Newcastle, where I think we're going to talk about captains, but he, he potentially could be captained in that game, maybe. I think that's an option, at least. You then end up having home to Norwich Friday the 21st, which, Kent, we couldn't ask for a better fixture, really, could you? So gives you that game as well. And then um, I think that's it, isn't it? Oh, no, there's one other game I've missed as well, away to Burnley. You've got sorry. Burnley, yeah. Uh, yeah in, in, bet- in between that, where you could say yeah. he's actually the best captain on that day as well, maybe, because Chelsea and Brighton, I mean, Chelsea have not been in great shakes. They're away from home, and Brighton are a good side. I don't think passings, I mean, Rudiger's passing numbers have been right down, and I think he's probably the last. If, you've, if anyone's got a Chelsea player in their team right now, it's probably Rudiger, and Rudiger's passing numbers are way down, and they're away to Brighton, who can hold the ball pretty well. So you're basically relied on a clean sheet there for Rudiger for me. So I think that's a good one where you, you'd probably pick the Watford player because Burnley are all over the place defensively as well. So yeah. I can't see an argument not to get a Watford player, basically. No, I can, I can see the merits in, in it as well. And I mean, I, I was purely looking at that kind of 21st of January game as I've not got any cover for that. You know, it would be nice to bring someone in to, to cover mm. that game off. And then it just gets even better, as you say, with the other games. Newcastle away is a, is a good game. And, and the Burnley game, you, you probably could captain him. I think I was looking at Rudiger or, uh, you know, for my sins, I've still got Alonso, so maybe even him yeah. in that night. But, um, yeah, and Dennis is just, he's been in such good form. He's just, he's you know, I know he's probably 20% owned, but you know, how often is it we get a player that's 5.5 million as a striker who's been, you know, in the top, was he, is he in the top two or three strikers? So he's, far? He's yeah, he certainly was until recently. Let me check. Let me check. So he's, he's right up there. Um, yeah, he's yet, um, the fourth highest scoring striker overall, and that's only Jota's only just tipped him recently. Um, and Jota's, he should really, you could argue, he maybe should even be in a midfielder. He is in other games, obviously, he's been playing up front for Liverpool, so they, they kind of got it right. But yeah, he's in the top four. So for his price, I mean, that's absolutely outrageous. So people seem to have been completely asleep on him the whole season, including myself, if I'm honest. Um, so I think this is probably the chance to get him. Although, you know, obviously, the reason people were holding off is because of AFCON. He didn't go to AFCON. There was rumours that he was unhappy about it. He then got taken off at half-time against Spurs. Apparently, it's an injury, but he's got history for throwing tantrums. Um, that yeah. Dennis will. Um, <laughs> his previous club, he, it was, I think he, he refused to play against for Bruges when he didn't get his favourite seat on the team bus. <laughs> so he's, he's definitely got history for it. So I would be a little bit concerned. Obviously, you don't see the team... On the 15th, the game against Newcastle, when you'd be thinking about bringing him in, mm. if you're taking out Gallagher from the day before. 
Um, but you know, if if he is fit and is going to be playing, then I think he's definitely the option. If if I don't hear more, it could be a bit of a sweaty one. Mm. You know, you might just think. I think if you truly security. want to, if you truly want to be safe, you go Josh King. If you truly want yeah. to be safe, he's going to play and he's on penalties. So let's not beat around the bush. He could just outscore Dennis anyway, even if he's on the left wing. If he gets lucky, you get two penalties versus Norwich, for example. You're laughing, aren't you? To be honest, it's going to come down to probably that game where we're going to captain him. Who's going to who's going to score most on that day versus Norwich? It's probably going to matter more than who scores. You know the points in the next two games if they're not on, if they're not your armband. Um, yeah, I think I'll chance Dennis because I've got nothing to lose where I am. I think if you're right at the top, there's an argument to say, well, do you know what? I will just go Josh King and be quite safe and quite secure. Um, I suppose you could flip that round and say, in terms of ownership, you could just go King to be different as well. So, I think you get one of them, and it's not. I don't think anyone can sit here and say for sure which one is the actual better option. It may be you're forced into into one of them just on the price because there's two point one million between them, unbelievably. Um, yeah, I mean, who who do you think you're going to captain on that Saturday then? Because Man City are home to Chelsea. Chelsea aren't in great shakes. And, and Man City, I'm just always drawn to Cancelo. So to be honest, even though we just talked about Watford having that great game against Newcastle, we've also got Burnley versus Leicester on that day, where we might now have Leicester players in our team because we might have brought them in versus Everton. So I think they're viable because Burnley have been that bad recently. You've got Norwich-Everton, so some people may have taken the plunge again on that Tuesday and got Calvert-Lewin in or whoever else. Obviously, Norwich are basically the best opponents in the game, so Calvert-Lewin is obviously viable there, I think. Wolves-Southampton, I don't think you captain anyone there, but you'd probably expect Wolves to keep a clean sheet. Then Aston, the way they've been playing. Then Aston Villa versus Man United. Um, obviously, uh, it's a tough game for Man United, but Ronaldo is... You know, world renowned, so he could. I mean, he's he's a great player. He could easily just get goals or captain. He could easily. I mean, he could score a hat trick in any game, couldn't he? I know it doesn't seem like it, but it's a it's one of those ones where historically he's just such a good player and on penalties that he he has to come into your mind whenever they're playing. I think so. Um, you could argue you could go Ronaldo there, but for me, I'm probably on Cancelo. I don't know. Maybe maybe the Watford player. Yeah, I think right now I'm on. I'm actually on Ronaldo, but like you know, I think in my head right now, but. It's not. It's not a very exciting day, captain wise. There's no one who absolutely stands out. I think no. if he did have, if he did have Calvert Lewin against Norwich, I, I would probably, you know, probably go there. I've not got him. I was thinking about getting him in, but I didn't mm. bother in the end. Um, Cancelo against Chelsea does strike me as quite a tough game. I know Chelsea haven't been anywhere near as good as you know they, they can be recently, but you would still probably expect them to get a goal in that game. City have been conceding a little bit more recently. Um, and then, you know, Man United, that, that, that strikes me as a game they're probably losing. <laughs> so it, it does, doesn't it? it? Was, I don't know whether it's just me yeah. being, because I kind of support Man United, but being so pessimistic, the way we've been playing, and Villa just look like a well-coached and organised team, which is kind of like what Man United will hate coming up against. <laughs> Any team that looks like they have a plan and know what they're doing, i.e. Wolves last, last week, um, just seem to be able to, to play pretty well. And obviously Villa being at home under Gerrard, They've looked reasonably solid, you know. It it doesn't stand out as a guarantee Man United score in that game, does it? Or or, or play particularly well? No, I mean I've got. I'm also sitting with Bernardo Silva in my team. Maybe that, that strikes me as the kind of game he could do well in. Yeah. A big game, like mm. spinning against tough opposition. Maybe that. Maybe he'd go there. But yeah, it's a it's a really really difficult one that day. I think at the moment at the moment I'm sat in Ronaldo, um, but I'm just a bit nervous about Man United. I think part of the, the appeal about getting Ronaldo in was that. United had single match days and you know games where there was no competition for the armband, so it was mm. obvious you just you just go there. Um, but I don't really feel so comfortable captaining him when there is competition on the day. No. So, 
Um, yeah, difficult. I, th- I think Cancelo will still likely manage to get passes, maybe. And if he doesn't, um, so I think Chelsea will sit back. I don't think they'll go for especially the way they've been playing. I think they will play on the counter. I think it's well established now that if you want to beat Man City, you soak up the pressure and you try to isolate them. And he tried to do that in the other games. Remember, he went for the two up front system, which he'd not done for ages. And he had Lukaku and Werner up top on his own. Obviously, he's been playing with a front three of sorts. And in that one game, he did Lukaku and Werner. Um, so I think it'll be something similar. And therefore, they might concede a lot of possession to to the likes of Cancelo. I imagine Cancelo is going to be at left back this time because Walker's now back. So I think yep. Walker will be at right back. So if you're thinking Cancelo versus Alonso, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to be left back. But it does give him the option to sort of step up the pitch and manoeuvre. That obviously, they've not got James at the moment, Chelsea either. So it could be Aspilicueta at right wing back, which is obviously tough to get by. But Cancelo being on his right foot, if anything, when he pushes up, he then cuts inside a little bit, right? So I think he'll get space. I think he'll do okay. And he he's the second highest scorer in the game. I think he can get something in there. It's it's the kind of game where if they're so if they're sat so deep, the space will be for him, and therefore he might be the one who's dictating the play a little bit. That's my hope anyway. So it's probably going to be him. But yeah, as a backup, I do like the whole Dennis situation. I think Newcastle is just <laughs> pretty pretty dreadful. And if I had Calvert Lewin, I think I'm with you. If I had Calvert Lewin and you've gone there. Um, you know, why wouldn't you captain him in a game like this on penalties up front versus Norwich? I mean, you're not going to do it now when there's no standout option. When are you ever going to do that sort of thing? So I think that's probably what I'd do, yeah. Should we move on to Sunday? So for Sunday, yes. uh, it's very small on my screen there, but I think hopefully you guys can see it. 16th of January. Um, we've got Liverpool home to Brentford. Obviously, no Salah, no Mane. Uh, we've got West Ham home to Leeds, and we've got Spurs at home to Arsenal. Um, so again, it's... It's quite tricky, I think, because there's some there's obviously the standout options of West Ham and Liverpool. Which way are you edging at the moment? Well, I've got no Liverpool coverage at the moment. Right. So I think I'll be on Antonio as it stands. Uh, well, I mean I say I've got no Liverpool coverage. I've got I've got Salah, but he's obviously gone. So mm. you'll need to go. And Liverpool they only have two games, so I don't think I'll be bringing one in. So yeah, I think I think I'll be on Antonio that game. Um should be a open enough match against Leeds that at home it strikes me as a you know it could be a could be a decent return for him if uh, he scored against them last time I think too so yeah I'd probably I'd probably go there but I think if I had Trent or maybe I had Jota I'd, I'd probably captain them you know yeah. for Liverpool the home game at Anfield yeah I think they, they could do well yeah I've got two so we haven't seen Liverpool without Salah and Mane yet so it's quite hard to judge how much of an effect that will have on the way they play but you think Brentford's it's, a de- it's such a good game that you'd hope that with Trent sat in my team that he could still do fine in that game. And I think I'm I'm edging towards Trent simply because although Leeds is a fantastic game and it could be up and down, obviously West Ham play on the Wednesday versus Norwich and then they play on the Sunday. Um, so there's a few few days between them, but we know what Antonio is like. And I think Leeds is such a up and down game where you need to use a lot of energy I wouldn't be surprised if Antonio is absolutely knackered come the 70th minute in that game and that's the only thing that holds me back a little bit from you know I feel like Antonio will have to do his damage early which he could easily do to be fair but I think there's a chance especially if they score one or two goals and they go up that Antonio comes off in the 70th minute there so I think with Trent setting my team is a little bit of a differential that's probably where I'll go but I do like both those options and I think if you've got Kane obviously he's got a fantastic history against Arsenal I just don't know whether I'd I'd be willing to do that the way Arsenal are playing and the fact they've got Sun out it doesn't really appeal to me to do that no neither I think think Arsenal 
if you're putting a bet on right now, I think you'd probably back Arsenal to win that game. Yeah, so if you sat with Martinelli in your team or someone like that, would you be tempted by him over all the others? Or was it not? Is the fixture just too bad to do that? I think if you've got if you've got Trent in there or a, or one of the West Ham players or Jota, I think you'd probably go there first. I mean, the Spurs Arsenal game I think could go could go either way. And and to be honest, I could see it being a nil nil or or a, or a three three. I have no idea how that game's going to mm. be. Um, yeah. But yeah, Spurs without Son, yeah, I think I, I think I think I probably would stick with with West Ham or Liverpool. Trent, I think if I had Trent like you, I'd probably captain him. Um, yeah. Brentford aren't Brentford aren't particularly potent in attack, so I could see a clean sheet. Passes makes me make, <laughs> terrifies me even thinking about it without having it at all. But yeah, I think I think if you've got Trent, you go there. My only worry is that Tony drops deep and he goes on that left hand side a lot. I think it makes sense for Tony to sit on Trent Alexander Arnold because he's obviously the weak spot in Liverpool's team defensively anyway most of the time. And um, people know that if you want to get at Liverpool, that's probably your only chance is down that that right back position and Tony has been doing that so I think he'll probably sit there and try to bully him in the air it's just whether that's going to matter at all when Liverpool are on the ball and he's pushing forward probably not so yeah um, Trent stands out to me there uh, then we've got Tuesday um, I can't see on my screen is it 18th I think it's 18th um, and you've obviously got Burnley, Watford, Brighton, Chelsea like we were talking about I've got Rudiger sat in my team right now if I didn't, if I didn't do the Watford move it would just be Rudiger um, but if I do get the Watford player, I, I might be tempted just the way the passing numbers will be going from Chelsea. I know Brighton struggle to score, but they are a decent side, and at home they they can manage a goal every now and then. So I think I think I'd be tempted by the Watford player. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I do have Alonso there, who you know, as bad as he's been, still can get assists, mm. takes some free kicks, set pieces, that kind of thing. So maybe, maybe I could throw the dice on him just because there's not another standout option and. Rudiger's not been passing the ball about anywhere near as much as he probably should have been or what we were expecting he was going to. Mm. So, and Brighton do like keep the ball as well. So I think possibly might lean towards Alonso out of the two of them if I had to. But I think if, I, if I've got Dennis by that point or Josh King, who you know, I'm probably going to bring in on that Saturday, they could be a, a, a better option um, against Burnley, who are, are nowhere near as stern at the back as they probably have been in recent seasons. Yeah, agreed. Uh, on to Wednesday, so Leicester home to Spurs, and then you've got Brentford at home to Manchester United. I've got Ronaldo sat in my team. It's probably just going to be Ronaldo on the basis that, yeah, it's Brentford that he's playing, and he'd like to hope as bad as Man United have been that they can sort themselves out there. I think a Leicester player is relatively appealing if they've sorted themselves out the way they're playing. Obviously home, but I, I can't see it. You know, Ronaldo, as we've already just discussed, Ronaldo's the clear man who is most likely to get the goals for Man United, whereas Leicester, it could be one of about six players on the pitch. So I feel like Ronaldo's just a, a, the clear choice that day. Yeah, I think so too. I think if, you, if you're sitting there with Kane and your team, Leicester are playing, you know, a, a great record for them as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a lot. Yeah, if you've got Kane, I didn't even think about that, to be fair. If you've got Kane, it's a, it, yeah, it's a decision, I think. It is a decision. It's just with Sun, and we'll have seen them without Sun since then, so maybe we'll get to to see how that works out because his son hasn't been playing particularly well but he does seem quite important to the way that they set up and it'd be interesting to see how they work that out um, we may as well do the final week before overhaul as well because all the games are so condensed so just very briefly um, and obviously because any transfers we make we have to factor this week in as well really we've got Watford at home to Norwich there's nothing to be said there it's going to be King or it's going to be Dennis isn't it Saturday the 22nd of just of Dece um, December where'd that come from from January 
We've got Everton at home to Villa. We've got Brentford at home to Wolves. Leeds at home to Newcastle. That really stands out. I don't have Rafinha in my team. That worries me a bit. Man United home to West Ham and Southampton home to Man City. We don't get to see the Man City lineups though. So I think the question on most people's lips will be, you know, do you go for Ronaldo if you've still got a mini team, or do you go for do you risk a Man City player? I suppose that's probably the decision that day. Yeah, I think Man City have become a lot more predictable in their their lineups. Cancelo, I mean, he even played in the cup this week, didn't he? So I think he's he's pretty nailed on to continue playing. I, I I'd be comfortable captaining Cancelo that day, I think, and I, and I probably would lean in that direction against Southampton, mm. um, just because. Again, looking at that fixture, I could see United losing that game to West Ham. <laughs> Sorry, but I could. Mm. Um, so I think I think I'd probably lean towards Cancelo and then Ronaldo second. I think those who've got Rafinha home to Newcastle, they've obviously held him for a while. He's been injured for well, sorry, he was he was out because the games were postponed mm. and then he didn't do anything against Burnley. But I think if you've got him and you're fancying a bit of a gamble, could go there as well. So uh, yeah, uh, three three options there for me: Rafinha, Ronaldo, and and Cancelo. But I think I'm leaning towards Cancelo. Yeah, mine would be Rafinha if I had him. I think Cancelo as well, even ahead of Ronaldo. Um, let's move on to Sunday: Arsenal at home to Burnley, Palace at home to Liverpool. Uh, will the African Nations players be back by then potentially? I don't think they will. Will they? I think there's a. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think they will. I think there's possibly a chance that. Some if they've been knocked be out, they might be like week. a day before it and probably not ready for it or something like that. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, so. Leicester home to Brighton, Chelsea home to Spurs. I don't have any Arsenal in my team. I think that's a clear pick if you've got any Arsenal. I imagine that game's just. I mean, the way it's been going at the moment, I'd imagine that's just a standard three 0 Arsenal or something. So I'd be very tempted to add an Arsenal player to be honest with you. I don't. Um, I probably have Tielemans at this point home to Brighton, so he's an option for me. I'd have Rudiger at home to to Spurs potentially an option and then obviously I'll have Trent Alexander-Arnold who's away to Palace so for me I don't think it's clear cut um, and it'll probably end up on Tielemans or, or Trent for me in that scenario um, but yeah I think if you've got an Arsenal player it's pretty clear who are you looking to captain on that day then are you, oh, you'll you probably have two Leicester players by that time won't you yeah I barely, I barely thought about this one this is the last game before mm. the overhaul but I think looking at it initial reaction would probably be if you had an Arsenal player, like you say, you'd want, maybe want to go there. Liverpool, a, a tough game. Palace looked good at Sellers Park this season. So I'm not sure I'd be as confident captain mm. of Liverpool defender that game. Um, Leicester, home to Brighton, maybe, but it doesn't look like the kind of game that Tielemans would get passing in. I think if I was holding Madison, I might, that might be the game I'd go with him. Um, just because if there's going to be goals mm. on the Leicester side, that he might be involved in them. And then Chelsea Spurs, again, is a difficult one to predict, but um, Rudiger might get passing in that game depending on how Spurs set up but I think well, that is a tough one I think I'd probably go for the Leicester player yeah well, hopefully the games will guide us by the time we get there it could be that Chelsea have started to look solid again and Spurs have been tragic without Sun and you know Rudiger yeah. just becomes the clear easy pick there I do worry about Gallagher on that day because I probably won't have him in my team like I said if I'm going to take him out and I know we shouldn't worry just for one game but I feel like Liverpool you know Palace at home when Liverpool have been away they've got two of their star players out it feels like when we've seen this in the past with Gallagher <laughs> that he's just turned up in some of these big games and he's that kind of player isn't he where I feel I still fear, fear him in that game so I'll really be hoping he doesn't do anything. But it's only one game. I like to think I can get away with it before I ball. Um, I think that's it then, Nile. Is there anything else you want to talk about, mate? I think we've um, 
cover the next few weeks. I mean, it's quite tricky to, like I say, with the over, we don't really want to make moves because we're going to be able to completely change our team in a little bit. But at the same time, we've got this opportunity of these game days and the fixtures right in front of us and there's a lot of three-for-ones and stuff. So I do feel like it's it's definitely worth using it on that Leicester player and a Watford player. I think those are the two that just stand clearly out to me. Um, I don't I don't really see any others. I'm sure there are some other moves depend team dependent, but those two to me seem like they're going to be worth it. You've got captains thrown in there and you've got extra days. They're good players. It's one of those ones where to me it almost doesn't matter what your transfer count in is. It doesn't matter if you're sitting there with 30 or you're sat there with even 15 and you're worried about it. I still think that's probably worth a transfer. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the last month or so has been a really frustrating time in Sky just because festive fixtures are normally a time where you can kind of open the traps up and make a few transfers, um, really capitalise on the fixtures. It's not been the case this year. And, you know, even right now, as we now we're in the period, like, you know, just before overhaul, where there's diminishing returns on transfers with the mm. fewer games that you get. So I think a lot of managers probably will have held on to more transfers this season than maybe they have in previous and it is just worth pointing out at this stage that we still do have 15 or 16 games still to be rearranged. Yeah. Well, that's after the, the ones that are already being penciled in for this month. So um, there are going to be tricky fixtures to come uh, and having transfers in your back pocket will definitely not harm you later in the season. So it, as frustrating as it is to you know to see a team that you don't like the look of, I think right now you just bite, bite your lip and hold off until the overhaul when you can, you can go back to the drawing board and tear it all up. 100%. I'm looking forward to that overhaul one. I think there's a lot to consider at that point. I think we saw last season, for example, Man City, when they won the league, just started messing around with their lineups every single week towards the back end. And we're looking close to a similar situation. It might be by the time we get to overhaul that Man City are just in a position where, you know, there's a very good chance they start to sort uh, rotate their lineup heavily towards the back end, especially if they're still in the Champions League. So you've got stuff like that to think about. If you're sat there with a lot of transfers, you can maybe go into Man City quite hard and then have the transfers to sort that out later if it becomes a problem. Whereas someone like me who's probably got a little bit less or people even and less than me, you might not want to pick two or three City Man City players. If you sat there and start getting, you know, Cancelo, Laporte, maybe you like the look of Foden example, and then, you know, in a, in a few weeks the league's pretty much done, I'd be surprised if those guys are playing every week, which is, which is the concern, right? So we've got stuff like that. But anyway, I'm looking forward to that pod. Um, and I think, yeah, that's a chance for it to shake up a little bit as well. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, Last thing for me to say is just, if you haven't already, guys, check out the website, Fantasy Football Scout. Membership's on there. It gets a lot of the stats and data that me and, and Niall use for these videos, and it's just generally pretty helpful for picking your teams. At Overhaul, we'll look a lot more into this, actually, and it'll help to shape some of the 50-50 picks, and um, we'll, we'll use it for that. Uh, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Catch you next time, guys. Catch you later.